0: Hello, this is Beth Maples-Faise, and this is Lesbian Echoes, a podcast about older lesbians from America and beyond. We hope you enjoy our podcast and listening to the stories of lesbians worldwide. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Lesbian Echoes. Today, we have Kim Bargett, and she is from Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, Kim.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Can we start by asking your age?
1: 65. Oh, sorry.
0: 65. And how old were you when you came out? 17. 17? Yeah. So you got an early start.
1: Yeah, I've been gay for a long time. <laughs> uh, oh, yes,
0: you have. Um, so can you can you walk us through the coming out process?
1: Well, sure. Um, for me, coming out was uh, very traumatic as I was figuring out why I didn't fit in, why I didn't fantasize having weddings and boyfriends, because I didn't really know why. I just wasn't interested Um I had, there was a little bookstore in my town. I grew up in Massapequa, which is in Long Island, and there was a little bookstore. And I happened to be rummaging around and saw a book called Sappho Was a right on Woman by Del Martin and Phyllis Lyons. I was mortified. I couldn't put it down. I realized this, I connected to it tremendously, but I was too afraid to buy it, so I stole it. (laughs) Oh <laughs> but I there's a happy ending because the, the I sent the money to them and I told them I stole the book because I was too mortified to purchase it in person. So I sent them the money about a wow. week later. So you know it wasn't a total theft. No. But uh I realized that you know that I was a lesbian and that made all the sense in the world to me. I think I can trace it back to first or second grade even. Um to having uh, feelings of attraction to women throughout my whole life. But what happened was, i it turns out in high school, I went, a couple of my friends actually came out. And we realized uh, that quite a few of us were gay. And I met a group of girls. And there was a lesbian bar not too far from our town. And we were going out one night. And one of the guys wanted to go. And I remember there was a big ruckus between him and another girl that she just said, this is a lesbian bar. We don't want you to come. It's just for women. And he was mad about that. So he called all of our parents and told them where we were. Oh, and most my. of us are, uh, we're, were in the stage. We weren't, none of us had had any experiences with women. We were 17. We were just 18. We were just, you know, coming to grips with our own sexuality. We were actually just happy to be in a room full of other women like us and kind of exploring just socially. Anyway, our parents came down. They made a few phone calls my parents came and grabbed me and dragged me out of the bar along with the two other girls that i was with or three other girls um and my parents kind of interrogated me at the kitchen table why were you there and i think they knew why i was there i don't think this was sort of, most parents i feel found through the years uh, should not be surprised when their kid comes out it's usually not that big of a shock i mean it's a shock but it's not unknown anyway I was told not to speak to my sisters, and if I wasn't good, they're going to send me to a psychiatrist to change me. And if I wasn't going to um, change, they could not pay for college. This was in my senior year of high school, just a few months before high school ended. So I was—I I wouldn't say I was defiant. I would—I well, would think I thought I was defiant at the time, but I, now when I look back, I was kind of proud of myself. My mother asked me questions I could not answer. She said, "Are you the man or the woman?" I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> She wanted to, know. you know, she told me that gay people live horrible lives in the darkness, and the shadows, and they have to socialize in bars in the basements, and uh, they can't have real full lives, they'll always be alone. Um, she told me that, um, I, you know, couldn't talk to my sisters, so the next day I ran away from home, and I stayed away for a few days, and finally my father begged me to come back, and you know, it was just a horrible, horrible time all around. My, pa- my parents weren't speaking to me. My sisters did not have any problem. They said they knew I was gay since first grade and they didn't know what the big deal was. Um, and my parents, uh, it ruined our relationship. I've tried to find that guy and try to talk to him and tell him how he, you know, ruined my relationship with my parents, but I can't find him. So, um, you know, that was that. Well, That's hope- my coming out story.
0: Hopefully karma got him.
1: Uh, (laughs) I don't know but he was also gay and I guess that you know now we know more about self-loathing and um, also maybe he just wanted to be part of the group and you know it could be a number of things but what he did was very hurtful to all three of us and um, you know really affected my life going forward That that one phone call.
0: Well um so that's when you were seventeen. Yeah. And you continued. Did did you ever? You of course you left your parents' house, and
1: you continued your lesbian life. Well, I'm not. I mean, I went the following fall. I I went away to school. I took out a ton of loans because my parents weren't going to help me at this point. I took the gay. My mother said I had to go to the senior prom and wear a dress. So I actually took the gayest guy I could find and another gay, a gay guy from school. So we had a great time. I'm still friends with him and he's married to his husband in Florida. Um, You know, I, I started exploring. I, I went, went away to school. I was felt very lonely because of having my family cut off from me and very, um, you know, I made friends when I was there. My first day of school, I was wearing a Bette Midler's t-shirt. And I was in the, that, that's pretty gay for 1974. And um, I was in the cafeteria, the student union and a guy comes up to me and said, I love your t-shirt, it's fabulous. And we were best friends ever since. And, wow. uh, you, know, um, we, you know, he was kind of my big brother. And, uh, we went to the gay freedom league and all the gay bars. And I still had not kissed a girl yet, but I was happy. I was meeting people and having a nice time figuring out who I was and where I fit in. And I felt like I fit in. So what did you study? I Well, a million things. I wound up, I, I actually took me 20 years to get my bachelor's degree. And I, I did many different majors. I drove a New York city taxi cab to put myself through. I moved back to New York. Oh, before that I moved to France. And I took some courses and went to school in France for a year. That's where I met my first girlfriend. And although she was not French, she was American. She was in my program and had my first love affair and, um, came back to New York, got a job and moved to the city. We did not last, but it was, it was, it wasn't horrible. I don't remember it as being horrible. I remember it being a decent time. We traveled a lot and had fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I moved to Manhattan and I guess it was about, you know, just probably doing a lot of dancing, going to my first lesbian bars. They also asked me a question, am I butcher a femme? And I never knew how to answer that. I didn't know what it was. That's how naive I was. I didn't know what that was. So my new my answer that I came up with then and I still stand with is yes, both. That's, you know, I that's my best answer. Um, but what happened was, uh, I. I, you know, I wanted to go back to school and I started driving a yellow cab. I did a bunch of jobs and I hated it, but I really liked driving a cab and the traffic never bothered me and it was fun to drive around. I was always a good driver and I loved meeting celebrities all the time and it was exciting, it was fun. New York was exciting and fun then. Um, and I was dating girls and having a great time and you know, going to the discos and partying. It was a great time to be in your 20s. And um, one of my boyfriends from college moved down. He was a model, very, very beautiful guy. and he was doing a lot of work, and we, he, he moved in with me, and I had company and just a, you, a know, wonderful time. And then um, about 1982, I met my first love of my life. And we uh, were together for about 10 years. We lived on Christopher Street. We had a great time. We had great friends. Um, unfortunately, I had a whole, when I said I met Roy in college, uh, he had a bunch of friends and we met a bunch of friends. Those, we were a little posse. And I was like the little sister and I loved it. I was very doted on by the boys. They took me everywhere. I was very involved, I guess, not with um, everything that they did, but we socialized a lot. I didn't have a lot of women friends at that point. And unfortunately, from September of 1985 to March of 1986, they all died of AIDS. And it was a awful, awful time. And then I still had the same girlfriend at the time. We went on for quite some time. And then around 1990, 89 or 90, I quit my job. I went back to school and I got a job at gay men's health crisis. And uh, I worked there for several years and and I started many programs, uh, the buddy program, which was a Uh, I was part of that, the startup of that. Um, Then I moved on to a place called Body Positive and I started doing um, managing the hotline and managing um, HIV positive social activities for men. And this was very early on. And then I became the Director of Client Services for God's Love We Deliver, which is a pretty famous organization here that delivers meals to people with AIDS. And I uh, worked there for quite a few years and I got involved with in healthcare. Meanwhile, I'm still going to school at night. I was uh, on the board of directors of a community health project, which is a free health project in New York City for a lesbian and gay LGBTQ population. So I was very, very involved with the gay community at that point. Um, and um, it was pretty exciting. I felt like, uh, to be involved with the health project, to be, I did ra- fundraising, I did benefits. Um, one time I came home though, I was doing a benefit called the snowball. It was to raise money, for the lesbian health project. And there was a, you'll be, you'll get a kick out of this. There was a message on my answering machine. Remember those? Um, hey, hello, Kim. This is Lily Tomlin. I nearly died. Yeah. How bad. He, well, I wrote to a lot of celebrities and she said, I wish I could help out. I'm not going to be in town at the time, but and she wasn't out at the time, but, um, I, uh, you know, but it was just a nice, nice, um, nice to hear her voice and to here, get her support, but, uh, it was a very big deal. I don't know why it never continued on, but we, I think we do know why things with women don't usually or lesbians don't usually get the cause doesn't get taken up, but you know, um, At that first benefit we had a fashion show and you know who did the fashion show patricia field who does those costumes for um the devil wears prada and uh sex in the city she's a famous costume designer and and uh yeah so she did the fashion show for us she had a very big store in the village she was more known locally then this is before she had fame in the movies Mm -hmm. but um she did our fashion show for us free of charge she was very happy to support us and when you go around and ask them, you'd be surprised how many people are uh, willing to support. So anyway, um, where else should I go on this? Just go, go right forward. What happened okay. next? So what happened next was I, uh, I had gotten, uh, do you want to hear something funny? And it's probably, I, I, I don't bring this up to be malicious, but I did start to lose my interest in the AIDS community because you know what? It started getting taken over by straight people all of a sudden it wasn't like a gay community thing. Like when I worked it in the early years, even though there weren't a ton of lesbians there, there were plenty though. And I felt like even with the guys, we were working together in our community. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden there was an influx um, of a lot of straight women. And it was, it actually, I, I don't know if anybody's ever said this or, and maybe I'm, it's personal, but it was my observation. And it seemed to change the tone of the the fundraising and the tone of the, Next thing I know, like God's Love We Deliver was a kind of a small operation. And the next thing I know, we have People Magazine, uh, David Geffen buying us buildings and People Magazine throwing parties. And all of a sudden it became this super huge phenomenon. I mean, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Michael now the building's named after him. So he probably donated a couple of mil. So it became a very big thing. And I actually got disillusioned and left at that point. And, um, <clears throat> Because of my experience, I was able to work in healthcare and do a job. But what happened was about 20 years ago. I wasn't particularly stimulated by my work. It was a, it was a paycheck. I went to work. I came home. I did fine. I had a nice girlfriend and went on vacations. What else do you need, right? Well, I apparently I needed more because um, I started seeing advertisements in the subway. We were having a shortage in the classrooms. There were no teachers, mm-hmm. and. I thought, hmm, this sounds interesting. I'm gonna to go to a meeting. So they had a program, that's called the New York City Teaching Fellows. And I had finished my degree at night. I had just finished. I felt super accomplished. It took me a long, long time, but I did it, right? I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. Congratulations. Um, Thank you, I did it for myself. And I, I was never more proud. And when I went to graduation, it was, it's quite the feeling. So um, I saw this program and I thought, gee, I really love some of my professors at Baruch. I went to CUNY Baruch College. It's also known as the poor man's Harvard or UCLA, university on the corner of Lexington Avenue. Um, It's a New York City school. Anyway, it's pretty reputable. And uh, I thought, you know, I had, I, I, these professors I had you know they really made me love learning I was always a good learner I love to learn but they really got me I said wouldn't it be great if I could do that every day so I said let me go to one of those meetings and they had about 15,000 applicants and they were only looking for about 1500 people and I got picked and that was 21 years ago I became a teacher so uh I teach middle school humanities and history. I am out and proud. I run the Gay Students Alliance. I have become a resource for a lot of transitioning kids. This year in particular, I had a lot of transitioning kids. Um, I meet with them. I hang out with them. I, I arrange for them to meet with their parents at Dunkin' Donuts while we were in remote learning. And they made friends with each other. And the parents, you know, made friends with each other. And, uh, It's one of my, I feel like one of my proudest moments because as I um, I'm gonna get choked up because at 17, if I had that, it would have made all the difference in the world. Um,
0: I think that you aren't alone in that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I go to the Dyke March every year. I, oh, right, I, I skipped a little part. I was a big lesbian Avenger. I was the coordinator for the Dyke March in 1994 and 1995. I, got very involved with lesbian visibility and, and that kind of stuff. So I I just went to the last Dyke March, which was two days ago. It was the 29th and I was the coordinator for the third and the fourth Dyke Marches. So, and I went with other people that I had started with and, um, you know, it was just so different to be 65 years old instead of, you know, 36 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um the
0: third one and the 29th one
1: yeah well i've been to mostly all of them but not always as a a, you know as as a person that i've always gone as a not always somebody who's doing the march you know as a marshal or as a leader but this time most of the the last you know several years as a spectator so um it meant a lot to me to see we had about twenty thousand people there this week Twenty thousand women wow and the, the, the definition, which is very interesting, we were always, at the beginning, very adamant that it was cisgendered women who identify as lesbian and bi, and now that we now um, have asked trans women, we've invited, that. I, I mean, I shouldn't say we, because I'm not involved anymore, but now the definition has expanded to trans women, mm-hmm. anyone who identifies as a woman on a daily basis. hmm because the definition of everything has really you know, grown through the years yes. and it has expanded. So um, I know that some of the older gals my age were not happy about that. So, um, but they also asked trans men who were born females to not participate. Uh, they always Well, they always ask males to stand on the side and provide support. That the, it's a day to celebrate women who love women. It's only one day a year for a couple of hours that's all they ask there's a group called the sisters of perpetual indulgence they are a drag group of nuns and they come every year and they're always been front of a church and you know what they do they supply water mm-hmm. and that's and they that's how they show their support they don't try to join the march um so some people are respectful some people aren't some people just want to party with their friends and i guess you just have to get over it and um, Although there was a guy making out with his girlfriend and a couple of marshals went and go, really, the one day a year that we do this, you can't do this somewhere else. Like, they, and they got, they got the message and they left. Like they didn't understand it was disrespectful. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, um, the other thing is like on Facebook, I joined a couple of groups and there's not very many people from New York in those groups, but what I did notice was there's a tremendous amount of women in the Midwest and the South and who don't have the same um, options I have in having, and yeah. And when we started Lesbian Avengers and we started doing um, our demonstrations and they would sometimes be covered on the news or they'd be in the gay news. We used to get a lot of um, mail from women who said this meant everything to me because I know that I'm not alone. Or I never like people on the, I posted pictures from the Dyke March of Saturday in video. And a lot of people were kind of shocked, you know, they never saw a topless woman marching down the street or just women who fill of tattoos, having a great time in rainbow skirts and rainbow vests and motorcycle squad. And, you know, it's like, so there's a, we forget sometimes that uh, those of us who live in big metropolitan cities, our lives are very different than our sisters around the country.
0: Absolutely, there's, and, there's very little lesbian uh, activity here in East Tennessee where I live. Do you think it's a safety issue? I, th- I think that's it. I think that um, a lot of the women are not lesbian identified. They are mm-hmm. gay, gay identified and they prefer to socialize in mixed sex groups. Mm-hmm. Um, they prefer to do everything <laughs> in mixed sex groups. So when, when there's a, a call put out for a lesbian event, not too many show.
1: But if you said it was LGBTQ, would they come or it has to just be? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. But I, I don't know if that's a, ba- uh, a bad thing. I've always actually been a criticism of mine in New York City that everything was so segregated because I had a lot of boyfriends and there was few places we could go together.
0: Well, there's a, I mean, those options are, Right here, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there are gay bars, and uh, there's the Pride uh, Organization. There's the Tennessee Equality Project, East Tennessee Branch. Uh, There's all kinds of LGBT stuff. Right. There's just not much of anything for lesbians. Right. And If, if you want, you know, if that's something you wanted to do.
1: Right. Huh
0: which has been something that I have wanted to do for a long time.
1: Okay, well, you have to, there's a group on, you could probably do some work on that, on that group on Facebook. I did, I did that in yeah.
0: 19, 1981. Uh-huh. Um, the, the group lasted seven years. and In 1982, we produced Kate Clinton mm. here in Knoxville. Wow. Um, and then life happened.
1: <laughs> right well this is what happens I like I, I haven't done activism for a long time because uh being a teacher is 24 7 it's it's pretty uh well I have a 100 students so you know that's a lot of papers to grade
0: yes that's a lot of students
1: yeah my so goodness. Uh, the last you know I would say that you know my uh, being a teacher really has taken up a lot of time outside of the classroom and um, of course I haven't really had time for much else but I will be retiring next year, so I will have no more excuses. Then you'll have more time. Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's funny because I actually, during quarantine, you know, I was teaching remotely for 15 months. And you don't teach full days. You just teach partial days and you have meetings. And, but I'm usually done early. And I, don't, I d- devoted quite a bit of time to planning my retirement. So I don't want to just retire and then say, now what do I do?
0: So what so. do you plan?
1: Well, there's a couple of things we have to see how things go. Um, for example, I love to travel. So we'll see how that goes right now. I would, uh, even, I'm fully vaccinated and I, but I don't feel safe traveling. I wouldn't travel outside of the country right now. I don't think I'm ready for that. So uh, I'm going to, this, I'm going to do a road trip this summer and visit some friends between here and Asheville, North Carolina, and which I've never been before. And I'm going to love it. I can't wait. I heard a lot. It was a lot of fun. Who knows? Maybe I'll leave Brooklyn. Uh, um, but I used to have a dog. She died last year after 13 years, and I she's she broke my heart, and I'm not going to forgive her. And uh, I thought, gee, you know what? It would be nice to throw some dogs in the back of a car or an RV and travel all over the country. That would be a lot of fun. So yeah. there's so many options. There are a lot to lesbians to do. Just that yeah absolutely that's what i know it's really cool and so that's my like i have a list of what i like uh, you know if i live in the city where would i park the rv that's so that's something to consider we don't have that kind of parking here so you'd have to figure out how to do those things do i want to get a trailer and hitch it onto a truck or do i want to i, I think that's what i want to do and it doesn't have to be too big so i'm thinking that might be so much fun i want to go to the national parks that's one thing i'd really like to do see a lot of those um I want to I volunteer at an animal shelter and um there's a uh, in New York there's a group called sage senior action in the gay environment yes. and I just joined senior action in the gay environment so it's like it's like a senior center for the LGBTQ community and they have um programs in person and on zoom so I actually have my final interview on Thursday to see where I'm at and then sign up for stuff. So- Have
0: you considered OLAC? OLAC, Old, was old no. Lesbians Organizing for Change? No. I'm a, I'm a member, a new member of OLAC. Okay. Um, and, and they're quite a fun group. They have um, a lot of, um, Activities, uh, most of them have been uh, Zoom projects lately, of course. Mm-hmm.
1: But um, no, I never heard of them before, so I just wrote it down. Thank you. You're welcome, and Thank I'm you.
0: sure that they'll be glad that I plugged them. <laughs> oh, yeah, but what no.
1: is it about lesbians and RVs?
0: I don't know, but there's a <laughs> lot of lesbians with RVs. No. I've there, only are even lesbian, there, there are even lesbian campgrounds and there are lgbt
1: campgrounds oh really yeah you know so, what i would really like to find is, and there's not too many of it like you know when my parents retired they found a really nice community in florida there's a lot of senior areas um i almost moved to florida but i just can't live there um And I met a few lesbians here and there that lived in some, but there's not really any of these senior housing just for the LGBTQ community. You know, we have one in New York, but it's for low-income people. There's nothing for middle-class people, and uh, it's very small, and it's, you know, sold out immediately, so it's not a viable solution for anyone. But where are there places for us, you know? Uh, They exist, but
0: I can't quote them off the top of my head
1: well I did a google search you know um you know and you can find a few of them but uh also I happen to be single and I know a lot of them really cater to couples so you know so that's the other other thing is how do I not feel isolated and how do I feel included you know and that happens I think across any uh sexual orientation you know so
0: yeah I it's, so, I, I don't remember. It's been so long. I've been partnered for 30 years. So. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, the thing is, like, even when I've joined some of these lesbian websites, a lot of people talk about their wives all the time. It's, uh, it, it does exclude us. And it does um, make you feel like they're, they're gonna have a weekend. And it's like, like everyone, I don't know, There's singles there too. So this, this should be maybe a good mixture, hopefully. Um, but we have to. We were thinking about this on Saturday at the Dyke March. Like maybe it's time to start thinking about our elders in our community. As we're becoming elders, we're finding that there's very little support and very little services. And um, you know, I'm from a generation. Like it's funny because um, I didn't know gay people had children. I never knew anybody till recently. You know, the last ten years, maybe fifteen years. Uh, I didn't know anybody that had children I nobody I knew ever had kids and then all of a sudden in the 90s I guess I saw in New York City a lot of couples adopting children artificial insemination having children and now I've met a whole group on Facebook that are lesbians later in life that all have grandchildren and children because they came out they they did said they couldn't come out when they were young and they came out after their kids grew up I think that's an amazingly interesting phenomenon I'm One of those women. Oh, okay. So I think that's... Go ahead. I have two children. Uh Two grandchildren. I had no
0: idea. I had no idea. I came out when I was 26. Uh And here in the South, and it's quite common to marry early. Uh And um, I got married when I was 21. Oh, okay. It was over by the time I was 26. And that's when
1: I came out. (laughs) But did you think about being gay prior to that oh absolutely okay that's that's what other women have said to me too yeah Uh, They said i don't know how you did it at 17 i said well i paid the price you know i was you know i got kicked out of the house you know i paid that price so it was a big price it was expensive yes and what happened when you came out to your kids was everything fine
0: they don't remember a time before i was a lesbian
1: Uh uh-huh um they were three and one when I came oh, out. Oh, okay. So, and then did you come out on your own or did you just meet somebody and things clicked? No, I came out to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I read um, the writings of Mary Daly and Andrea Dworkin and the Red Stocking and a little booklet called Amazon Expedition. <laughs> and... Um, these I got all these from my public library, if you can oh, believe well. that. And um, I, I realized I recognized myself, and um, that I had had one experience when I was fifteen mm-hmm. with another girl, and so that's how I knew. So, so I, I you know, I, there was no house to get kicked out of. Both of my parents were dead. Okay. So um, my brothers were basically estranged. So it, there was no one to come out to. Mm. So that's, that's a big, big difference
1: in our stories. Yeah, but what happened, like, how did you meet? You're telling me you live in East Tennessee, right? I, I, came, I came out in Missoula, Montana. That's not a small town, though, is it? It's like a small city?
0: It, it, it's a small city, but it is the service hub for five valleys in western uh-huh. Montana. And as a result, it has a lot of bars and a lot of social activity. And there were lesbian groups. Uh, there was a list of women's collective that I joined and was a part of. Mm-hmm. We delivered rape crisis, domestic violence, and pregnancy options counseling. And um, I I met my first love there, my first true love there. And we were together for 10 years, Mm -hmm. but then I had to come back. My grandparents were aging and my Mm -hmm. mother was their only child and she had already passed. So here I came back Mm -hmm. to a
1: desert. <laughs>
0: what? To a, desert? A, a social desert yeah
1: that oh is. wow and now the person you're with now your partner now that's the person from montana or you met them no. when you...
0: no my first partner and i worked together for 10 years. Mm. um i didn't meet the, my partner that i have now until i was 30 in my 30s i, mm. think I was 37 and meet? i'm
1: 68 now 68 oh wow you look good like me <laughs> yeah, um. You. where did you meet we met in my kitchen I'm um, going to go <laughs> into my kitchen I'll be right back
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah some friends came over and mm-hmm. my partner came with them and no, I think they
1: had up their up sleeves
0: <laughs> and they, we started talking about wildflowers and it was off from there Wow. Because I'm a, I'm a big, great admirer of wildflowers, especially our Smoky Mountain wildflowers. If you want to go to a national park, go try this Smoky Mountain National Park. It's not
1: near Asheville?
0: It's not too far. Okay. It's just across the mountains. Um, there, there's a freeway across the mountains.
1: <laughs> this is going to be my first time ever, in, except for a business meeting in Atlanta and Florida, this is going to be my first time going to the south.
0: Well, uh, the the town that's associated with it is Gatlinburg. Oh, okay, I've heard of that. And um, it's it's nothing but a tourist trap. Oh, be be sure to focus on the park. Okay, a lot of people make the mistake of focusing on Gatlinburg, mm. and I, you know, the park is what the whole
1: that's the big deal i'm actually um a friend of mine she lives in florida and mm-hmm. she rented a cabin and she and her wife rented a cabin but the wife can't get off of work they rented it for a month and so in between the wife's visits i'm coming one week and then her sisters are coming the next time there's a break so she doesn't want to be home so i'm going to be there for like five or six days and um she's been there a couple of times so i hope she knows i would love to see those great smoky mountains and those wildflowers Oh
0: well, the wildflowers have pretty much gone by. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, they happen in April.
1: Oh, Uh, I bet that's nice.
0: And and right now, our big attraction is, well, we call them lightning bugs. Yeah, we do too. Okay. Well, some people call them fireflies. Yeah. But there's there's um, a phenomenon Mm -hmm. in. The Great Smoky Mountains, and I can't remember exactly which spot. It might be Cade Cove. I can't remember. But the the only place in the world where the lightning bugs blink
1: synchronously. Oh, my God. So the whole thing is like a a light show. (laughs) I'm writing it down. I'm going to Google it and find it.
0: It's a synchronicity of lightning bugs.
1: That's what I wrote. Sink lightning. Bolt. maybe I can find it. That'll be awesome. That's yeah. thank you for telling me that. I would love I love that. Yeah. I mean, I know that we're just planning to go hiking and you know, do a lot of things around the for the next few days. So
0: well, Asheville is a wonderful place, a beautiful place. And um, so are the Smokies.
1: So you're gonna have fun. I'm gonna drink a lot of beer too, I understand.
0: <laughs> I still well, have a
1: lot of breweries. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there are breweries and wineries. Oh, around. great. Yeah. And, um, and some distilleries, too. This is Tennessee. I'm fine
1: with all of that as long as I have an Uber so I don't have to drive. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll figure well, it out.
0: If, you, if you're in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, there's actually a, a trolley. Oh, okay.
1: So you don't have to drive. Wait, Pigeon Forge. Where? That's in Tennessee, right?
0: Pigeon Forge. Yeah, it's it's Tennessee. It's just um, it's a sister town to Gatlinburg.
1: Oh, okay. It's a big, big. I warn you. Big, is that not Dolly Parton's? Uh, yeah, that's
0: where Dollywood is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a big tourist
1: place. Um, I I highly recommend the park. <laughs> i'm more of the park person but if it wasn't too far to drive through pigeon forge and say hi i probably would you know i you know i'm a teacher so i have a bit of time off and i can kind of do my own thing so this is my first summer well actually last summer we were shut down but this is really my first summer without the dog so i can kind of do these things right uh, well
0: we have two but we check in with bringfido.com
1: BringFido.com. Yes. Yeah, to that's see, a good one.
0: To see where we can go and and take our babies with us. Yeah, fur, fur babies. Um. We, yeah. We, so
1: we, that that who knows what's going to happen because I might be doing a lot of bring Fidos with me. Um, yeah. Because I I really don't know. I, I used to you know I said to, you. I used to live in France and I I've traveled quite a bit and I do love going. I, there's a lot of places I haven't seen, but um. You know, right now, with the, the world is not in great shape for traveling, I don't think, between right. COVID and wars and people disagreeing and all that stuff. So, I don't know if I want to be a part of it. I'd rather just be in the Grand Canyon with a bunch of dogs <laughs> or <laughs> being with some wild lesbians in the woods. <laughs> Sounds well, pretty good to me.
0: There, there are wild lesbians in the woods. Google women's land and you'll find them.
1: Women's um, land, okay yeah they're, they're out there. Um, it's a great you're giving me a lot of great hints now. <laughs> well,
0: I want you to have a great retirement mm-hmm. and um, do you have anything that you would like to say to sort of
1: wrap this up? Well, I think that um, I think that we there's millions of lesbians out there we don't even know each other I wish we all could know each other but we all we're everywhere and we come from many different backgrounds and experiences and uh, I think that the best we can do is I don't know whenever we're in town find somebody find find us and and let's be friends uh, that's why I joined a lot of these groups on Facebook now like late it's called lesbians later in life and met a lot of people, especially women my age, which has been really, and they're super nice. You know, everybody's very supportive. Because I love to cook and I just joined another group on Facebook called Butch Appetite. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's a a lot of recipes and um, I don't know which I need, I think we need to like just, and if I had my wish, I would get a nice state with good weather and just make it lesbian only. That would be very nice. (laughs) we could all live together yeah. in harmony sounds good to me yeah so yeah that's and that's probably one of my goals is just meet a lot of people and make friends and have a nice time I, I watched that movie Nomad Land on Hulu with you know with Francis so it, it's a little bit inspiring even though I thought it was a little depressing but um you know for certain like for the finances and a bit of loneliness but on the other hand it was kind of nice to be home free and just kind of meet people along the way and have nice travels and journeys so and um maybe sometime somebody will join me that would be nice you know
0: well i wish
1: you happy trails thank you very much (laughs) thank you for having me and i i subscribe to the podcast so i'll be listening i started listening and it's been very very really great to listen to i appreciate it so much
0: well thank you for saying so and thank you for coming on as a guest.
1: Thanks for having me. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed this segment of Lesbian Echoes. Be sure to check in with us next time as we bring the stories of lesbians' lives to you.